I'm going to talk for the next two weeks from the, the topic of I will build. We're going to talk about the priorities of church. We all have priorities in our lives, things that are important to us, things that, well, things we forget. But when we have our, our eyes fixed, thank you so much, Bob, when we have our eyes fixed on the true priorities in life, have you ever noticed that things that don't matter don't matter? I know for any pastor, there's a phrase that makes you want to go home and have a nap. The church needs to be more, as soon as someone comes at you with one of those, this is like, oh, I would love to hear what you think. It's a beautiful thing that will go on and on. And, I've, and some things are so useful, it's like, yeah, you're right. But more often than not, it's like, the church needs more bathrooms. Yeah, I know. You know, we just need better parking. Like, check. But then there's, there's the other stuff that people, like, you know what? The church needs to focus more on the community. The church needs to be more missions-focused. Boy, howdy, if we could just have nine more songs in a worship set, then we'd be getting somewhere. And we, we all have these things in our minds. It's like, it's like these silver bullet things, right? It's like, only if, boy, I, if we had more bathrooms, then revival would break out. <laughs> Doubtful. Oh, if, if we did a better job greeting, I tell you, it would make the, it, everything would change. We'd be up to 500 people next week, all based on you greeters. I just can't even understand it. But I'm sure you've heard these things too, or maybe you've thought these things, or maybe you've said these things. If the church was just more like what I want it to be, then God could really move. I want to talk for the next two weeks about the priorities of church. Not just church, as in CT Brandon, but church, as in global, we call it the Catholic church, the, the all-encompassing everything church. Who we are as Christians, what is our purpose? What are we even doing here? We come in every week, we have a coffee we do Christian karaoke with a live band, hear a monologue, we pray, and then we do some weird rituals, and then we go home. There's got to be more to it than that. Because when you say it like that, it's rather culty. <laughs> what are the priorities and roles of the church? I want to talk today about the primary role. Not that there isn't more, we'll go into that next week, but the primary role of every church is to worship God. Humanity was created for relationship. We were created in a system to need God 
I talked two weeks ago about uh, worship. What is worship? What is not worship? Worship is not music. And music unto itself is not worship. When we come to God in times of worship, where this is an entire worship service, it's not just the music, that's not worship. When we come to God, the peace that's worship is that we are responding to him. God initiated relationship. We're not initiating relationship with God. Therefore, we're not initiating worship by showing up and playing some instruments. God has already initiated worship. We're showing up and we're returning to him what belongs to him. That is the peace that is worship. When we think we need to come in and worship in such a way to get God's attention, well, that is something that the early church fought against hardcore. That would be just a modernized Gnostic feel of what needs to happen in order to get God's attention. We don't need to do that. God has initiated worship. Therefore, we show up in response. God summoned Moses. God initiated. Christ on the cross was the initiation of the new covenant. So with the primary role in mind for the church as worship, there are clarifying pieces throughout Scripture that we're going to look at today. And I will go as quickly as possible with as few rabbit trails as I can possibly muster. Because today is ball and barbecue, and that is super important. We're going to feed you, and then we expect you to play ball. Um, if you didn't come prepared, that's fine. Uh, between Mike and I, like we own enough gear to get you suited and uh, ready to rip. So come eat the food, play the softball, have a great time. There's even a kids game. But like, aside from church, baseball is incredibly important. There wasn't enough paper to prophesy what would come in the form of baseball. So it's not in scripture but should be. The, the, the first piece we're going to look at, we're going to call plans and parthenons. Plans and parthenons. So from the book of Matthew, chapter 16, we read this a couple of weeks ago, but let's take a look at it again. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, Others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. I will build my church. Not you will build my church. I will build my church. 
there's a, a dichotomy of thought here with the what is church? Well, it's us, kind of. You, you still have the physical buildings that need the people and the people that need the physical buildings. And concrete, wood, and glass make things possible. Even think about all through Scripture, there was always a place of worship. So worship is number, uh, sorry, gathering is number one for worship, but it's also God's idea. We're going to rip through a couple Scriptures really fast here. Before we move on, so Ephesians 2, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Colossians 1.18, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of and the firstborn among the dead, so that everything, in everything he might have supremacy. Christ is the head. Period. Acts 2, uh, sorry, Acts 20. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Church, throughout Scripture, uh, as many of you know, there's this one Greek word, um, ekklesia, that is used over and over and over again. And it kind of, there's fight on what it means, but essentially is an assembly of sent ones. So those who are sent to do the, the work, us, when we assemble. So as we assemble as Christians and seekers, this is us. All through scripture, there has been temples, churches, and even early on, the, the use of houses. I've heard so many teachings on that where people are like, oh, you know, we just need to get back to having house churches. Well, do the digging and do the research. That's really not what was happening. Uh, there was two reasons that houses were mentioned as places of worship. Number one, uh, they were being persecuted and had to hide. And number two, more often than not, when these historical houses were used to house the church in a place of worship, they were huge. They, they weren't just like a condo. It was something that could hold hundreds of people. So where does ministry happen? More often than not, at church. Sunday, to me, is two things. Number one, where we come together as the church to worship. But number two, because we are sent ones, it's also a time when we come together to celebrate what God has done throughout the week. If we weren't being Christ in our community throughout the week, the kingdom of God would come to a standstill. If all that happened was we came once a week here and we did our songs and we looked at some scripture, that's nice but we need something to celebrate. And that is what happens when you go to work. That is what happens when you go to school. That is what happens when you are at home with your family and friends. We celebrate the goodness of God as it is poured out through our entirety of our lives. Now, before we go to the second point, remember the story where, where Mary came to Jesus and they were at a house and she had the expensive oil, and she poured it out on his feet. Do you remember this? 
We covered it in our Mark series. So that was worship. She used the resources she had, poured it out onto Jesus. But you remember what happened with Judas in that story? He was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We could have sold that and given all the money to the poor, thinking that that would make him look a little more holy. And Jesus was like, nah, she did the right thing. Whatever we bring to worship, don't be embarrassed of that. Don't be ashamed that you bring everything you are to a place of worshiping God. Point two, priests and parishes. We're going to go to 1 Peter 2, 4 to 10. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then I skipped ahead a little bit. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. Sorry, light. Same thing. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We together, all of us, like if you're hearing me today, you are in this room, we together, you are a follower of Christ, you are, you are here, you are in this to win this, we together are living stones. When we are together, we unlock purpose when we're all functioning properly. We call this the priesthood of all believers. But priests, we minister to God first. We don't minister to people first. Our, our first and foremost connection must be to God. You can never assume that you're going to do anything on empty. Your car doesn't go anywhere on empty. The same thing with your spiritual life. If you are not connected to God, more so than here on a Sunday. If you're not praying, if you're not worshiping, if you're not digging into the word, you are not connected to God. These are the things that we, that we use in order to help us understand him better. But you can't function on empty. None of us can. And when, when we are in this place where our hearts are truly worshiping, our motives shift, our thoughts shift, our ideas shift. Because gathering to worship, it feeds our soul, it boosts our faith, and it establishes priorities in our hearts. Like when, I, when I leave church, even if, even if I'm up here preaching and, and pouring out, I still, I still feel full. 
I feel full of faith. I feel like my, my prayers can actually go somewhere. I, I feel like I've connected with God, I've connected with his people. When Christianity begins with Jesus, our attention in life shifts. We begin to see and act like Jesus. It's like, like we, I read for Angela, the, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you're spending time with Jesus, you begin to act like Jesus. You begin to display the fruit of the Spirit because it is the Spirit of Jesus. And it's obvious what's happening in your life. When you come at people with harshness, you you come at people with accusations, you come at people ready for a fight, that is not the spirit of Jesus in operation. When your defense, it just, it's not Jesus. But when we come from a place of, I have worshiped, I have spent time with God, I have spent time in prayer, I, I, I feel like his priorities are my priorities, I'm looking at the horizon and all I see is Jesus right now. Our interactions with the world around us are very, very different. Last point. Purpose and persistent. I will build my church on living stones. Have you, have you ever tried to build a Lego kit with one piece of Lego? You can't because it's one piece of Lego. Nothing is built. You put it down on the table and it's like, ta-da, It's nothing. But then you start adding pieces, and you're like, okay, well, I think I can make a car. I remember when you were, if you were a little kid and, and you got Lego for Christmas, I remember getting, like, the, the police station. And it was just like, like, I can make something that cool out of individual pieces that have nothing to do with each other. Or even some of the sets today that I won't buy my kids because they're way too expensive. But like thousands of pieces. Like, but if you take any of those pieces and just put them off to the side by themselves, it's just like boring. But when they all come together, they become something. And purpose is unlocked. And all of a sudden, it's like, the Millennial Falcon or the Hogwarts Castle. And it's just like, wow, how did that come out of one piece? Well, it's because that one piece joined a couple thousand other pieces and it became something. It became useful. It became beautiful. Living stones gathered together, being built. We have limitless possibilities, church. I remember when we planted a church. And it was probably the best time of my life. I loved church planting. But 
everyone was similar to me. They were my friends. They were people who were like us who became our friends. And it never really grew past a certain point. It was very effective. However, it was all the same. And so we would hit a limit constantly of what we could do as a church. It's like, I think we really should do this for the community. Can't, don't have enough money, don't have enough people. Constantly, we'd be running into that wall. Then you, you look at a church like CT, where it's established, it's been here for 50 years, hello, that's fantastic. And there's many different types of people. And there's a, a diversity amongst us in our church. The amount of things that I've seen that we are capable of accomplishing is absolutely amazing. The team that God has brought together, you guys as volunteers that have all come together, what we can accomplish in our city is staggering. Because we as living stones come together and we move forward. But first, we worship. I will build my church through worshipers focused on priority. The church then, our primary role is to worship God. What comes out of that, well, the church is built. We all have purpose and are called as priests. In this parish, we have kingdom purpose. When we come together and we are persistent, we have great purpose to become change makers in our city. I invite you to prepare your communion this morning because I know it takes a few moments. As believers, we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen? Fueled by the Holy Spirit to do the work that he has called us to do. Not to add and subtract from what he has already decided the purposes of the church are. We don't get to do that. We get to decide things like, and we'll talk about this next year, the color of the carpet. Brown. Kind of boring. It's still a nice carpet. We get to decide what songs are played. We get to decide what series of scripture we're going through. We get to decide what our parking lot looks like. What we don't get to decide is why we're here. First and foremost, we are here to worship Jesus, the Son of the living God. The church needs to be more, it doesn't matter. Because when our priorities are set on the one that matters, everything else fails. Nothing else is important. Society will change. Culture around us is going to shift. The things that we think are a big deal right now, I don't know, it's all going to pass away. 
we get, I remember when I was growing up, the biggest concerns in the world, they're not even a mention now because God is still God. And if we stay focused on him, nothing is impossible. Jesus will always remain because Jesus is to be worshiped. From the book of Luke this morning. I know it's on the screen, but I want to read it. Does anyone actually bring a paper Bible to church anymore? How many of you? We can be friends. From Luke 22. When the hour came, hang on. Because Jesus is to be worshiped above and beyond anything in our lives. That's why we do this. When we come to remember, when we come to the table as a spiritual family, we set our priorities straight. That's why we're doing this this morning. We don't do communion. We don't come to the table of Eucharist to simply check it off our box. It's to remember. It's to set our priorities straight. Let's continue. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this, divide it, amongst you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of this vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread. Thank you, Jesus. And he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. How thankful are we for that? Which is poured out for you. Let's partake together. Father God, I thank you that we get to stand in this place 
Acknowledge that you are our king. Acknowledge that whatever you have done in the past is for us. That we can stand here secure and assured of your goodness in our lives. So Lord God, as we come to your table today and we and we remember who you are. We just think of the many people from our congregation who are sick, or those who, who need a touch from you today. So God, even those who are in hospital, we just speak healing in Jesus' name. We declare healing. We declare that the God of Israel, that the God of us is still the great healer. So, Father, would you heal today? For those here today who are sick, we just declare healing in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God, that you heal our bodies, you heal our minds, you touch our depression. You bring us to a place where we are with you. So as we worship, Father God, would you be the king we need today? As we return to you, our worship. We thank you that you are our God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.